Hello, everybody. Welcome to Wombat Radio. Today, the podcast is happening via Skype. Um, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Simone. Um, I'm currently now in Zurich in my living room. And okay. it is 11 o'clock. Okay, great. <laughs> and I'm in the plant room in an apartment in Sydney. And it is... 2140 but of the same day at least we're on the same calendar day but I'm in the future <laughs> um, can we start Simone with what 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 do you do what is it that you are uh, thinking about and using your work to work through like what are you doing um you mean, <laughs> so, uh, do you mean, like, what am I doing professionally? Like, how do I def- define myself? Mm. Um, I mean, it in any way that you think is most interesting for yourself to answer. Like, y- yes, you could, what do you do pragmatically, physically through a, a day? Or what are you busy with? in your thoughts and in your body and what is consuming you and what annoys you in the shower and what are you dreaming about? You can, mm-hmm. like, it, these are all parts of the same spectrum in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess... Uh, on a broader sense, um, I tend to be, I tend to think a lot, but at the same time, there is like an energy in my body that is like tingling. So that's how it comes together that I'm a choreographer, because then I can think with my body in that sense. Um, and this is how my profession is defined. And um, so I make pieces, I perform in them, I do everything from scratch, from thinking about ideas, writing the concepts, getting funding, um, negotiating with partners, um, collaborators, organizing it, putting the show together and um, performing it. And making sure that everyone is happy. Is that is that last thing one of the biggest metrics for you about whether a project has been successful? Um, well, I, I wouldn't talk about success in that sense because I, I, I find this a kind of problematic word. But in a way that um, I do think that... Uh, for me, at least in my work, it is extreme. I mean, also because we deal with bodies and people in our profession, I think it's it's really um, the the tool in a way to to function to make it happen. I don't know. Maybe yeah, you could talk about success in that sense. But it's not like if everyone is happy, then the work is successful. But it's more like I think it's more like a necessity, basically, that. Um, to create work for me 
but happiness doesn't mean just having fun in that sense. It's 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 also it's a very pragmatic kind of um, way of looking at it. That at the end at the end it needs to kind of roll, and you need to start like making things. And if someone is not happy, or then you can't do it basically. So it's something. It's like an obstacle. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I like that idea that um, to shirk your responsibility to happiness is uh, just making a problem for yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't get that one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, if, if you don't take responsibility, if you take responsibility for everything else but not for happiness, then you are shooting yourself in the foot in the future. Mm. Well, I'm asking always myself this question. If there's problems coming, uh, what serves the project? Because I think it's not me as an artist that makes a piece and I'm some kind of genius that has created something. I think a lot of circumstances and factors that play together that creates a work or the context as well. And for me, if there is a problem rising, the question is always... Does it serve the project? And the project has its mission by itself. It's not me putting the mission. Anyway, of course, I also make things happen, but it's not like, I think there's also a certain part that I can't control and it's the project that does it. And if I feel that there is some kind of moment of difficulties, um, whether it's someone is unhappy or sick or there's um, relationship problems in the group, then I think, or outside, then I think... Uh, can this continue and still the purpose of the project can continue as well or does it need to be solved so that the purpose of the the project can continue Mm -hmm. yeah and then you said you weren't going to bring any wisdom but that to me sounds exactly like wisdom (laughs) Um, how do you know what the purpose of the project is um, I actually, yeah, I don't, I don't know really. I just have an intuition for it, and it changes sometimes. And um, but I work very intuitively, so I wouldn't be able to name it. I don't really have like very like thought through concepts for works. Um, but I always have a very strong intuition how things should go, and then I take a lot of time to listen to that. So, um, but I can be wrong sometimes, and most of the time I realize only what the real purpose was like much later when it's already done. Mm. But one thing is important is to trust that there is a purpose, even if you don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, the, the, when you're listening, for the purpose um, by following your intuition and by taking actions and facilitating the environment and the circumstances what are you listening for like how do you do that thing that we talk about when we say that we're listening for something or we're listening for our intuition 
Um, I guess my <laughs> method, and I'm not sure if it always works because it becomes a little bit also um, an habit, um, is that I postpone a lot. And not like in the sense that I'm pushing things away, mm-hmm. to, but I like. You remember when in the showing when I talked to with Elpida to you? Mm. I use a kind of strange time, um, and it's it's this kind of. She says something, I listen, and I always think that the the words will come towards me rather than me producing the words. So it always creates kind of a, um, like, shift the timing. I don't know. No, it makes sense. There's a, an artist based in Sydney called Ivy Warren, and she was working on a project recently, uh, maybe a year ago now, um, similarly to do with the speaking about the movement in the way that you're speaking about the words that she will not get up and do the dance but she will sit in the studio and watch the space until the dance has happened until the dance has formed Mm. and then she will um, put herself into the space so that the dance can then be on her body but the dance has already existed before it has been on a body. Mm. Yeah, exactly, in some ways. Yeah. I think, I, actually, I believe that everything is already there. Mm. And it's more about, yeah, giving space to it and time to let it exist. So I'm more like a facilitator rather than a creator, I feel. Of, of these things that are there already. I, it sounds very esoteric, I know. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but somehow I believe in it. Yeah. Uh, and where does your, um, your authorship, like what role does your authorship as an artist or as a craftsperson who's like forming a thing to then present to people how does that work in conjunction with the belief that it already exists and you need to just facilitate it to Mm. manifest um it's a big issue for me actually the question of authorship and especially um into common sea was always again discussion because i don't know if you know the history of the common sea i don't know um, the history of it, so the community is um, the last piece I've created in collaboration with four other choreographers, uh, Anna Massoni, Adina Secreton, uh, Elite Marom, and uh, Pida Fanidou. And I was, three years ago, I actually initiated a project by inviting the four of them for a research period, but I um, the first period was... Uh, set up uh, individually so I went um, to each of them to their hometown because none of them lives um, in in Zurich um, and I spent two to three weeks there researching with them on the notion of eroticism 
and eventually um, and when I proposed it to them it was already kind of loosely set that I would like to have it a share authorship but since it was a research we didn't really discuss about that it was just like kind of put into the air and uh, eventually after the research period I I decided to make a production out of it so and bring the five of us together and so we came together um, after this research period and we made this piece together but um, all the concept was written by me the funding was organized through my network um, the co-producers mostly as well um, and um, also in terms of legal structure it was my association that was carrying the project but we all signed the piece which is uh, a huge contradiction um, so I think the question of authorship is full of contradiction in itself yep so I think this project, the way it was set up, it's very obviously contradictory. And it's... Um, are you still there? Yes. Ah. Uh, suddenly, I didn't hear any sound. That's noise. the sound of listening. <laughs> I'm trying to be better um, at it. Mm, very good. Uh, so... Uh, where was I? Everywhere. We're talking about we're talking about contradictions, we're talking about authorship, we're talking about how everyone owns the thing but legally that's not factured. <laughs> that, well, that's a different thing. Legally we do I don't know if there's a legal term, we do share the authorship, mm. but it's more like organizationally it was set up through me. Mm. Um, and of course for example, the composition of the group um, was also done by me, which is half of the piece in a way. Um, so it is uh, tricky, but um, how do you make so those decisions of the group? How did how did you decide on that group? Because um, it's very true that you say that it is half of the work. Hmm. Um, I uh, I had no strategy. I didn't have like, oh, I need this kind of type of performer and this type of performer. So it was really not um, a conceptual choice. It was purely, again, an intuitive choice. Um, and all the four of them, I know them more than, I think, 10 years old, all of them. Wow. And... Um, some of them are re like really almost from my teenager time friends. Others I've met during my education, and um, and in they are all creators and choreographers themselves as well. And I always followed their work, so I was I'm very I admire their work and uh, them as person, but also most of it. They are my friends. Mm. <laughs> or, oh, friends is maybe the wrong word. It's not like I just, um, they're just people that I really um, that you feel good about for who they are. Mm, okay, yeah. And 
I think they're very beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's important when you're doing this piece that is researching eroticism. Because it, it is, um, it would be foolish to try and fake those things from nothing. I mean, it's very subjective. It's, of course, what I think, in a way, is erotic to me, So, which doesn't mean that it's erotic to someone else. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a very subjective choice. But what I was going to say before is about authorship is that um, though it is kind of a contradictory project, um, I think maybe because we took a lot of time for everything um, and there's a lot of respect in the group, um, it miraculously, that's our favorite word of the group, um, worked out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, it's really, um, it's a very... For, for myself, on a personal level, it's a very beautiful project that I am, um, that is very close to what I'm looking for since years. Mm. And I keep on searching uh, with them. And uh, But it's really um, an amazing journey up to now. Um, what about... Oh. I, I mean, it, it kind of sounds like a redundant question in a way, but I, I'm going to ask it anyway. I hope that you'll, um, you won't think it's silly, but why? Why is this thing the thing that you've been searching for and what's your hope? Um, I guess... Uh, I think there's two things in this project that I love about it is that um, it creates a sense of community that um, I've been looking for for a long time for myself but also um, the goal within the project is to kind of transfer this sense of community also towards the audience or the spectators or the people we deal with also uh, and collaborate with. So um, this is something that it means a lot to me. And it's not, and this is, we've, we've always like lately have been talking a lot about gardening because I'm very interested in permaculture and I have a garden myself. And um, how in... I am very new in permaculture, so I don't know much about it. But what I understand of it is that it's not about... Um, it's about also listening to what the ground needs and what the plants need and how they combine themselves so that they can create life. And it's not necessarily um, an equal thing, because this is also something that is important. We don't expect from each other that we do equally the same thing on stage or in the work as well the way we work together. It's really about kind of respecting each other's strengths and qualities as well, and then kind of figuring out a matrix between ourselves. And the second thing um, that I wanted to say was um, what the performance produces 
at least uh, from the feedback we've heard, but also what we are aiming for. We, we were in the process talking a lot about porosity and a kind of, and it comes back to actually what I said at the beginning about the thinking body. Um, I, I'm really um, very interested in creating a thinking body where there is not a statement produced by the body. It's not like I have something to say to you um, to the world as an artist and now I'm producing this work to tell you what I have to say in that sense but it's more about like creating circumstances and an environment and the landscape where we can think together through the body in a way and bring questions out and and create holes and uh, I don't know like possibilities or sometimes fear as well and and I have the feeling that the setup how uh, of the piece has the um, possibility to create these kind of um, experiences. Wow. It's really nice that um, just the entire effort around shaping and facilitating and working towards providing the circumstances so that we can together in in the shared moment have the thoughts and the reconsiderations and the reflections is is so much more nice and so much more full of faith and hope for uh, the viewer and for the performers than that you as the artist would think of the answer and then uh, synthesize the answer and then deliver to us the answer. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I hope so in that sense. It will. Yeah, I mean, I'm on board. But I'm not um, objective in any means. I, I also, like the solo that I did a couple of times for the showing on the first day of Bare Bones was very much what what can dance do to this concept that we will talk about and we will think about, but how can the body do something to it as well? And how mm. can moving and dancing be uh, a way to think through and in and around something so not that dance is a form of thought but the dancing this act of it happening is mm. is uh not analogous to but another aspect of or or um helpful within mm -hmm. processing experience or moving through ideas or something mm. but I've never really worked out how to make that sound less intangible <laughs> <laughs> I just know that when I am working like if I'm trying to figure out how to put lights on my bicycle or something then I might not have the plan but if I hold the objects in my hand and I look at what I'm trying to achieve and then I start and then I I will realize as I go and dancing mm. seems to be the way to do that 
in a way that is not towards some kind of physical structuring of a a building or an object or something. It is in in the same way that you try and think through something, you can dance through something as well. Mm, mm. We used a lot this word um, work through mm. also, and um, in that that each performance is a sort of work through. Because we also were talking a lot about kind of psychoanalysis um, during the project and how a lot of it, I mean, we take a lot into account, like the audience and we have a structure, but it's a lot also depending on on the audience. So it's also about this encounter, that's also why it's called to come and see, mm-hmm. uh, between the spectator and the performer and how you kind of work through this encounter How does the performer work through the encounter? How does the audience work through the encounter? How do they work through it together? Is this what you mean? Um, I guess, I mean, it's still us working through uh, more actively because mm. we are paid to do, do something. Yeah, and, and in a, so in a way are also, get something. you're hosting the event. Mm. Even if it's a party that everyone comes to, yeah, you're still the hosts and we, mm. we have a trust that you have a plan. <laughs> exactly. So... How wild... I, think, I mean, oh, we talked a lot about embracing um, uh, in, in connection with breakthrough um, because there is, I mean, there is a structure um, in the piece but they are also situations, it, it happens very frequently that these situations you don't know what to do in a way, or you kind of scared of the situation because we each of us has a different kind of itinerary in the piece also. Um, so you don't you don't know what, what each of us is gonna do in a way, so you can't predict everything. Um, and uh, and a lot of these situations we were talking about um, embracing it and then actually so it, it has a kind of psychological kind of um, process of like seizing the situation or, or kind of perceiving the situation embracing it and then actually as a third step working it through rather than going running away from it mm-hmm. and we have choreographic tools also for it like there is um, you didn't see that part but there's a there's a whole um, there's a tool that is our questions and then we say like can you give me the glass and then the person gives you the glass and you always do everything that the person that is being asked and so this is a tool where you can kind of navigate certain things around um, and you can repeat the things as well. If the person doesn't do it maybe the way you wanted it to be done, you can say it again or you can change it. Um, then you have also the possibility to postpone things. Um, or, or kind of, we call it not postponing, we call it deriving. I think it's two terms, deriving. Yeah, maybe postponing as well. So there's different kind of choreographic tools to that. Um, 
how to work it through as well. And so it is happening that people are making decisions in response to each other on stage that are within a set framework but are made in the moment because there's a palette to work from. Yep. Uh, there is like, uh, um, you have like different parts. So you know that if this starts, then you're in the next part. Okay. But it is, um, within these parts, there's like choreographic um, tools in it, site, but there is not a set choreography in the sense of like movements um, that we've choreographed beforehand and then we do how do you arrive at um, the? How do you arrive at such a trust, but also a proficiency within the parameters that you can play? Because what I imagine does, it comes alive when it begins to play. What does proficiency mean? Uh, skill. Oh. Actually, it came out of a situation in the second period of the rehearsal um, because when you are a collective, it came out of a necessity actually. When you are a collective and you're making decisions together, you end up talking a lot uh, about yes, what are we going to do in rehearsal. Do we like what the other person proposes? Does it make sense? So, in order to avoid the talking, <laughs> yeah. we create. Uh, working sessions that were called open sessions at the beginning where everything that you wanted to do choreographically you just did it or you would say I would like to do this and that and then the person uh, the group had to do it or you tried to navigate without speaking towards this situation but basically it was about everything is allowed and we don't judge what we're doing and there and that was the way we could create um, material and also surprises to each other. So we always had these two-hour session called open session where everything was allowed. And then we also had periods where we were really working on certain material, like more kind of task-based, clear materials or, or exercises or so. But every day we would have this open session. But it was just, it was really basically um, only set up so we don't talk too much. <laughs> and, um, and it ended up becoming the piece. <laughs> <laughs> that's I mean that's what it felt like and it also feels like in, in a broader sense that's the power of ritual or of performance or of dance or of movement is is this um, navigating without talking towards mm. towards something can you tell me how like when when that worked better than some other times, because it's something that I'm always searching for: is how we can, how we can navigate through things, have have shared experience, but um, without without the preamble or the disclaimer or the instructions that are. I think game design does this probably best out of any industry. Is that mm. it? It tries to have you uh, arrive somewhere and then have like a learning curve that is not too steep so that you can 
play until you understand the world? Um, funnily enough, um, it has to do also a lot with fear because if we are too scared, it doesn't work. Uh, if we're too scared to fail or do something stupid or it doesn't work, and if we are too loose, it doesn't work either. Mm. Um, so we had uh, like these kind of workthroughs where you are, for example, kind of the premiere situation where you're really scared because it's premiere and um, you have very few to hold on in this piece in a way. Um, and that's also, at the same time, it's also the strength or something that we are looking for is this, this notion of fear. Because um, it was something that we were looking for also how to share fear of this encounter. That in a way, this is a very powerful situation of having 100 or two or 300 people looking at you, expecting something and um, interesting to come up. So already this, that created this kind of tension. And the question is, how do you work through this fear? And if we are not able to kind of work through it, then it just paralyzes us. And then it's really a kind of, it can become a very painful performance then. and it has already happened also that we were just too loose and then it was just like a party on stage and that doesn't work either. Um, so it's really about finding this balance and we're trying to find tools that it's not just coincidence. Mm. So there are certain tools, especially to what I was just talking about earlier, how to work through when you find yourself stuck actually. So we have certain tools to like, okay, what do we do in this moment when we feel stuck or when we are embarrassed or um, when we don't know? So we rehearse also um, uh, skills like um, being able to feel nothing because a lot is also about kind of creating emptiness. And if you are can't bear this emptiness, then you start to do a lot and then we overcreate things. And that's... Um, also destructive for the performance and or choose like how can you respond to each other we we work on listening as well but also on um, uh, something that has changed since the premiere is that we have more anchor points now a few more fixed things at the beginning it was really very open it was basically a beginning and then two-thirds of the piece there was one fixed thing and the end uh, and the rest of the time was just about balancing the fear with the looseness. Yeah. And, like, it's a lot about gaze and touch and everything, but it was very um, open still um, when we premiered, which was very exciting as well. But, like, we also figured out it's a bit, it's, it's also very risky. And sometimes it works really amazingly, but also sometimes not. So it was also kind of... Um, kind of controlling a little bit the risk. So maybe it's less, I don't know, I'm not sure, maybe we lost also radicalness on the work, I don't know. Well, uh, I've taken the position, for now at least, that part of professionalism is to keep 
the radical alive without the mm, without while also taking care of the risk mm. that if you're if you are just hoping for the for the radical and hoping that the that it won't all fall off into the ocean mm. then um that's not a professional standard of engagement <laughs> Mm. Um, can you talk to me about how to bear the emptiness? Like what, what, because that's a very subjective amount of emptiness that you're mm -hmm. wanting, but I imagine what you started to become aware of was that there is a certain amount of emptiness that feels like there is still tension pushing you forward through space and through time and through the peace, but it is it is not going slowly. It's not dragging. Mm. Mm. So how did you know, like, what does it feel like? What does the right amount of emptiness feel like so that the porosity can happen? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know it, don't you? <laughs> when you're when you're doing the show or when you're doing the rehearsal, you can feel what it needs because you have to make the call about whether something needs to be worked on more or less or if it achieved or did not achieve. I guess I can feel it maybe for me, like each of us feels it subjectively for herself, but um, as a group, they, it, it's, it's, it's much more, it's different in a way. Because you don't always know what the others are doing, you don't see them always because we also leave the space. Mm. Um, and so... Um, I really, if, I, I can't tell you this, I can't answer on this, to be honest. Good answer. Absolutely <laughs> but, the best answer. Uh, but I yes. really need to go to toilet. Okay, pause. We'll totally pause. <laughs> okay. Just that. Do you want to go about Adrian? To see if it's too slow.
You don't have to be sorry about it. Not at all. Um, how do you feel like you're going? Uh, you mean talking? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I mean. <laughs> Uh, I was thinking on the toilet that I mostly talk about to come and see, which is very interesting because it's not everything I'm doing. If we go back to the question, the first question, um, but I think in the, it is maybe where everything comes together. But I do a lot of other stuff, <laughs> actually. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, would you like to pick one of those to talk about? Uh, the other stuff? Yeah. I can't tell. Tell me if what's going on, because I'm not sure if there is uh, a delay in our audio through Skype ah. or if it is classic Simone timing and rhythm of speech. <laughs> the way I talk. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, it's classic Simone uh, okay. rhythm of speech. Okay, great. Then <laughs> I will stop trying to be closer to the internet router and I'll just let it be what it is. Um, so let's. So we zoomed. We were zoomed right out to like thinking and dancing and. And then we've zoomed right into one work and how it all comes together and who has authorship on different parts and also how, to, how it is constructed. But then let's zoom out again so that we maybe might zoom back in again. If we zoom right out, what is it that you would say that you are busy with? It's really two contrasted things. Um, on a broader sense, I think a lot of my work is um, creating a community. Has is related to creating community in some ways. Um, I've been lately also very uh, concerned about sustainability. Uh, in my life but also in arts and how we work and which is related to community again because I believe that uh, it is one of the keys to create more sustainability um, and on a smaller scale I like to I like to create things that in a way, I'm, it comes back to this whole thing that I said before about believing that everything is already there. And I think we often try to search for content outside of ourselves or like go as far as possible to make it more interesting in a way. 
And I often think that there is so many things already just here right now where we are, and we're just not aware of it. And um, so I just, it's, I, I, I find it interesting to find methods how to make myself more aware about the things that are around me in a way. So I guess that's more like on a choreographic level and the other thing is more like how I work and my methods and um, my life. Mm. Yeah. What, what, how? How do you be mm -hmm. more aware? What is the tool? Um, I think there's different kind of tools. Um, I... Well, if, I think the most simple thing is just sit down and look around. Um, but I think, yeah, sometimes it's about like just, a lot is about timing. It's a rhythm question for me. Um, how you give time to things. Um, so I also, like the piece before to come and see it, I created was a trio which looks very different from to come and see in some ways, but I think there is something that is similar. Um, and it was a trio where I, that was, that had its concept about quite constant questioning and how constant questioning can lead to suspension. Um, and basically what we did was that we were three dancers and each of us created in the first week of rehearsal, a random phrase of movement and this phrase was put together as a trio so we it was the same length um, for each phrase and then um, we would repeat it over one hour the phrase and the phrase was well I did two two pieces actually with the same concept so um, that was also not one thing so in one hand it's about questioning the, the movement through repetition so it's again thinking body it's about not I didn't use any language really except a little bit audio but it's about how can we put questions out but without using language and by using your body in some ways so I used repetition as a tool and to kind of reveal what is already there in, in the sense that you think, ah, oh, I've seen it, it's just a normal dance, contemporary, boring dance phrase. Um, but as it's repeating, you start to discover details and things that, that you didn't see at the beginning. And I use a lot of kind of choreographic uh, compositional tools like shifting and changing space or timing or also I sh they, the, the, at one point the three phrases shift and then of course create new context and new choreographies and that's also how you look at the phrases or the dances differently. So that was one tool for example to make things more aware. Mm. Mm. I, I remember you just reminded me of doing a um a piece many many years ago and the 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 soundtrack that i made was um it was a single beat and the beat was consistent 
um, like it like it was skipping like that. Uh, 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 uh. But if you play it for long enough, the brain, the mind starts making different patterns so that it doesn't go insane. And even though I could see on the waveform and I knew from composing it that it was the same every time I listened to it, it yeah. felt like there was uh, complexity and rhythm change um, because I didn't, it's just a really nice way I'm summing up for myself mm. what you said before that often we don't, we go searching because of the neomania that out there is where the thing is. But if we can if we can let what is here be enough then the mind actually generates most of it anyway mm, mm. why why is community at such a forefront of your mind 